Welcome to Tapping Into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting Spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational. And we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Glenda Jones, here in wonderful Johannesburg, South Africa, where we have traveled to talk with some of the traditional spiritual healers here and learn about spirit from a different perspective across the globe. Thank you for being here today. Great to be here. How you feeling? I'm absolutely excited, elated, mm-hmm. and ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Johannesburg, and we have here with us Dinero, who is going to talk with us about her traditional practice and give us insights into spirit from her perspective. Welcome, and thank you for agreeing to talk with us today. Thank you for calling me Coco Dinero. I assume that's money in Spanish, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Coco Dinero. Dinero means uh, gifts in in Sesotho, in, in in one of the South African languages. But I also receive dinero, so it means like you are stepping me forward into a year of abundance. I receive dinero. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what it's about. But my name is Coco Dinero. Okay, great. Dinero. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me just say, I had the pleasure of meeting you four and a half years ago. Um, when I came to South Africa for the first time, I wanted to meet with a traditional healer, and a friend of mine um, had a friend here, my friend from the States had a friend here, and she introduced me to her, and she had a connection that connected me to you. Yeah. And so I came to you, had a wonderful experience, um, and you said that I would be back, and indeed here I am, I brought other people with me, and yeah. we all had consultations with your staff on yesterday, and to see the progress and the growth that you have, have made in the four years is amazing. Spirit has really been working well for you, I see. It's been great. I always say Lozi has been great, which is spirit, which is my ancestors. I, I you know, I always believe that when people are deeply rooted in their spiritual identity, their ability to thrive is high, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I've been doing and my work has always not just been teaching but is teaching from my own experiences and from my own experiences what I've seen manifest through me mm-hmm. um, and just seeing the growth I'm also excited by the growth mm-hmm. uh, because when you met me four years ago it was just a small space right. and I had a back room which I use as a consultation space right. but right now I've got a build-up house which a works compound. as a, <laughs> a compound <laughs> which is an institute which I'm also hoping in the next couple of years we can actually move to a much more natural space because mm. we understand that spirit is more potent in those spaces right. and I mean the complexity of living in South Africa is that we've got all this land that doesn't belong to us. Ah, mm-hmm. 
and access to natural spaces doesn't also belong to us. It's spaces which we commune and connect to divinity, um, which is creator and ancestors, but those spaces are, are owned by other people, then it's been becoming restricted for us to perform certain rituals. And my hope is that when, you know, I always say ancestral timing is divine timing, when that time comes, where I can have a space where there'll be a mountain, where there'll be a, re a retreat, because I want to build an institute, not only to train those who are called in the work of healing, but to help Africans, you know, both in the continent and in the diaspora understand their African spiritual identity because for me that's quite important mm -hmm. a lot of people are really experiencing what I call disease that's something that is not at ease within self that manifests as mental illness that manifests as social um, illnesses that leads to a lot of other discourses that actually what is required of them is to be in alignment and in connection mm -hmm. to who they are as Africans so my hope is that it you know because it's now an institute it could be an institute it could be a hub of learning for people can actually come and say I'm, I'm here to explore who I am and who my ancestors are because we are because they were right Absolutely. you know they are our blood uh, runs in the DNA of our spiritual ancestors and some of us are carrying diseases that are not even our own but they are pathologies that we're not even aware of so my work as a spiritual healer is to tap into that tapestry and say what's really going on with you that is making you experience what you're experiencing not just look at the obvious mm -hmm. but just go beyond the obvious yeah. okay okay so how do you do that how do you tap into those things that um, as you speak about the mental illness, these, these maybe even spiritual illness that people are dealing with, what is the process for m making that happen? So the gift of being a Sangoma is, you know, and just to say so that, mm -hmm. you know, the listeners can understand, a Sangoma is an intermediary between the living and their ancestors. Okay. And to be one, you are called into the practice. So you don't just like it and then sign up for it. Mm -hmm. There are other healing modalities where you can actually apprentice and be trained. But to be a Sangoma, you have to be called. And, and interestingly enough that a lot of people receive their awakening through mental illness mm. because it's about, you know, uh, it's uh, psychoticness is a birthing of spirit wanting to take Oh, you know, you know, take charge on what it's wanting you to pay attention to. Ah. Then it manifests itself as psychoticness. And mm -hmm. we understand that science, especially Western science, does not understand African ways of doing things and That's African right. ways of being. Yes. Myself, um, when I was in, 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 in my last year in high school, I experienced mental illness and I got, I, I was hospitalized for six months mm. where they were figuring out what was wrong with me mentally and funny I was at American school yeah. at the time so of course they looked at things in a particular way but I was going through a spiritual awakening at the time. Yes, yes. I was hearing voices, I was seeing visions and things were happening that I wasn't understanding because we don't come from a society that embraces right. gifted people, right, you know, right, right. Uh, and, and gifted people, it cuts across the board, it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter your color, it doesn't matter your gender mm -hmm. because spirit chooses whom they see fit to perform its function uh, you know Maldome Petrosome who I'm yes, sure a lot of people yes. know mm -hmm. speaks about the ancestors have the know-it-all and the powers but they don't have the body so right. we are the vehicle in which ancestors are working through so for me being a Sangoma is a tool mm -hmm. because then it allows me to tap into your ancestors you know your ancestral lineage and your encyclopedia so it makes me access information i wouldn't otherwise have ability to access just as dinero sure. but as a gogo which gogo it's it's a term called elder mm -hmm. 
So it means that in my eldership and in my role of being a Sangoma, I'm able to tap into, into spirit spaces which an ordinary person cannot tap into. But I'm not just a Sangoma. I'm a Heal Your Life teacher. I'm a relationship systems coach. I'm a, I'm a lot of things because in order for me to then say I've tapped in, then what? It requires multiple intervention. Mm, and at the Sangoma Initiation School, we are taught to understand ancestors and you know administer treatments and facilitate healing. But some healing requires other intervention because I am pro... Um, I'm pro holistic healing. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't believe there's one way of healing the complexity of the human system, because right, right. the system of a human being is complex. It comprises itself of spirit, body, and mind. And we also understand that the essence of who we are is spirit. So, in order for me to facilitate healing, we require multiple interventions. Mm -hmm. And and I've, I'm always a practitioner that is seeking. I'm a, I'm a student of life. I always want to learn. I always want to, you know, to self improve because that's very important for my work as a healer because there's a lot of us who are called into this work broken and when we trying to attempt healing we project our own brokenness in those who are seeking help from us therefore it means that we continue you know with 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 the, with the progression of brokenness and woundedness even though our intentions is to heal mm -hmm. so that work for me you know work with self is very important mm -hmm. and and even with the with the with with the uh, the gogos you met which we call gogos the wise ones right, right. Uh, who consulted you yesterday i always say that some of the things you've experienced will stop because now you've embraced and accepted your calling right. that means that you actually have accepted who you are because to be called is to accept who you are and if you're not accepting who you are uh, you will never be in alignment and then things will always happen that feels like they're falling apart but they're actually inviting you to fall to make sure things are falling into place mm -hmm. so Th that will stop but what has happened to you that led to your awakening whether that's sexual violence whether that's some sort of trauma that occurred mm -hmm. the pain and the wounding remains okay. therefore healing is important on those aspects and being a sangoma will not do away with what you've emotionally experienced right, right. there are other interventions so at the institute you know fortunately we've got a we've got variety of people so we've got a psychologist who's training and we are looking at okay western psychology has its gifts because it helps you understand helps it it, it helps it, it has helped to understand the, the, the human psychology. Mm -hmm. But then what we are trying to reinvent is black psychology. So what does it mean for us mm -hmm. as, as, as black people? What does it mean when somebody is experiencing something like this? But there are also gifts in what she has learned in, in, in her Western education that actually enhances and advances right. our work right, as right, tradition, right. you know, as, 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 as African healers at the Institute. This is amazing. <laughs> Spirit is speaking. Like I have so many different ways to go with this. Me too. Okay, go ahead. I'll oh. let you. you know. um, oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna let you go. I'm so overwhelmed. I gotta gather myself. Okay, so that let me ask. Wonderful. Let me ask you about the integration of traditional, like medicine, right? Yeah. So, um, you're looking at looking at it more holistically in this society how how are you perceived and how is traditional uh, western medicine yeah um, how does western medicine perceive you and is there has there been an evolution even in terms of that yeah. so that it can now work together in a more beneficial manner 
So you should understand that as you know, as as a people, we come from different school of thoughts. So mm -hmm. you've got your your radicals and your pan-Africanists who like get rid of anything Western because we've got our own, mm -hmm. right? And you've got diplomats who are trying to sometimes be so accommodative to the Western that it dilutes the African. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you've got uh, who I call me the open-mindedness, who's like let's because these things are systems and systems are complex. Mm -hmm. Let's look at all these different interventions and see what would best work in the interest of those who are seeking the healing services from us. Mm -hmm. And for, for me, the work that I've done over the years as a practitioner is to demystify the myth around African healing mm -hmm. because it carries a lot of demonization based on the projection that religion has had us believe connecting to our own is demonic. That's right. Whereas religion is based on a lineage of ancestors because yes. everyone, religion is based on people who are dead and dead is ancestor. And the whole concept of resurrection, for example, is an African concept because our belief as Africans is that the highest form in which one can be is spirit mm -hmm. because in that space you are one with creator. Right. Therefore, you can help your loved ones create things on an earthly ground, you know, like when they are on this planet. So we all aspire to be good ancestors. Right. No one wants to be the evil ancestor. Right. So our aspiration, and that's why we, we do our best to be moral while we are on the planet. So when we transition and transcend, we are then accepted in the highest form of, of you know, spirit guides. So um, then for me, the work has always been that understand that our ways of doing things are not demonic. They are similar to other people's ways of doing things. It's just that ours has not been packaged and, and promoted the same way that other people has. And we cannot take away the historical dis disposition, Absolutely. what colonization yes. did, yes, you know, yes. because that's a fact. It's not a matter of Dinawa's truth, you know, Coco Dinawa's truth. It is a fact that, you know, historically, especially with, with, with Africans in the diaspora, they were forcefully fed religion. Mm -hmm. They had to denounce their names, their cultural practices, their rituals in an adoption of Christianity or, is, or, or you know, Islam, uh, you know, Muslim faith. So that is a fact. So moving away from those things, we come with a generation and a legacy of people identifying that as the way and the truth. Mm -hmm. That anything else that does not speak to the confines of those religious practices becomes evil, which is actually quite the opposite. Because I always say to people, if the God in which we pray to does not look or sound like us, then what does that make us? You know, Africa as a continent is one of the most religious continent in the world, but the poorest. It doesn't make sense because, right. <laughs> you know, if the same religious text that we read says, seek ye the kingdom of God, and the, you know you shall then experience the richness of you know it, it doesn't it doesn't fall into place because that's why I left religion mm -hmm. because I grew up Christian mm -hmm. I became born again at the age of 12 and it served its purpose because I grew up in apartheid and it was volatile times and it was quite violent and aggressive so you know religion gave me a place of refuge for some time mm -hmm. and it made me not also fall through the cracks of poverty by engaging in activities that would have led me astray so there was a home there and and I, I see the role in which it played but it didn't allow for me to progress to the level in which I needed to progress because I was always held at hostage by dogma yes you know mm -hmm. my connection to God had to be in a particular way and 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 it meant denouncing everything else that was outside those perimeters mm -hmm. so I wouldn't participate in family in certain family rituals or, or practices so my family would love to go to the graveside um, and 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 speak to the ancestors which is actually not African because we don't speak at the graveside the right. body is dead mm -hmm. but the spirit has went on to live on there are rituals that we do as Africans that 
brings back the spirit of our loved ones back home at a shrine which we call umsamo mm -hmm. a space in which where we commune communicate with our ancestors and that act we call ukupasha mm -hmm. you know that's an act of communicating connecting with those who have passed on because we understand connecting to them they pave a way to connect to creator which some people call God, and in African, in, 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 in our language here is Umvelingangi Mudimu. And those words are powerful because they don't give you an image of a human being or a figure who's male mm -hmm. and who's white, right. who dominates and controls, right. but it gives you an abundance of spirit. It gives you energy. It gives you beingness that by connecting to it, you're connecting to divinity. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's it's it, for me, it's, it's those things that we, and my work has been trying to demystify. So the openness of Africans in South Africa has slowly started to open. Mm -hmm. So people can now proudly call themselves Gogos. I, right. you know, I, I always like to say I pioneered the, the word Gogo. I intentionally wanted to be called a Gogo, not a traditional doctor. Not a Gogo is a title I go by because there is power in. In, in eldership in our, we don't send our elders to homes because we understand those are encyclopedias and libraries mm -hmm. and custodians of indigenous knowledge systems in our families and yes the current reality might not be that you can take care of your grandmother when they are you know uh, right. failing in their health because of aging because now we are working and there are other dynamics right. but we don't just leave them there and just say that's it mm -hmm. you know because we understand that you are our library you the one who can let me know who am I before I was me right. who has come before me where do we come from because that history and that knowledge is very important to understand why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing because like I said earlier on some of the things that we are experiencing as disease are pathologies that have existed in ancestral lineages uh, right, right? right and that's why there's such a hunger or a yearning if you look at especially African-Americans there's been a drive to come back to Africa Absolutely. and people are, are, are seeing that as a facade or you know as a, as a shade or as a thing but the, your spirit is calling you back home because mm -hmm. it's been more than 2,000 years or plus that you've been taken away from your roots. Mm -hmm. And I don't speak about roots as in physical roots, but your spiritual roots. Right. So the yearning to come back home is your spirit saying as much as you can be um, progressing, but something is out of alignment with self. Right. Because you might be wealthy in material form, but spiritually not. Right. You might still be experiencing depression and all the money that you have does not do you any good with all the expensive and the new age and this medicine and that because something bigger is happening with you. That's right. And that's what's going on for me. So holistic healing for me is to saying what are the gifts in the current system? Because if we look at African history, and chemetic science, we understand that actually all medicine emerged from Africa. Mm -hmm. yes. So it went and became repackaged and labeled and named something else. So then if that's the case, then it means there are gifts in other ways. But I always say to Africans, do not, you know, nullify your own to glorify the other mm. because you're doing yourself an injustice. That's right. You know, that's so right. similarly to clothing, I went from being a radical uh, you know, Marcus Gavi thinker to like <laughs> nothing, you know, no Western anything. But that's impossible because I live in a global, I yes. live in, you know. Right. And um, with, with those things, and I'll give you a, sh a short story. So I went to Germany um, in the new year to go give a keynote address at Lumfana University. So I decided to go and take a holiday to France because, you know, it's a train away. And, and when I got there, my ancestors evoked. So when ancestors evoke is when spirit speaks through me. Mm -hmm. And they said, we want you to go to all these high-end stores and look at the emblems because those emblems represent our royalty mm -hmm. and how those things have been, in, you know, taken back from us and repackaged back to us. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want you, and, and they said to me, 
you know, you have an issue with deservability and worthiness. We want you to buy in those shops. Mm. And because what we're teaching you is that understand that you are of royalty. Mm-hmm. It's not to say they are more worthy than what you are, but you are of royalty. And indeed, in all the luxury stores that I walk in in Paris, one of the most expensive, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that, but all of them had an emblem either of a leopard, mm. which is a, is a very, it's a spirit animal in Africa that represents lo- royalty. They're a lion or a tiger. All those, where do they come from? the continent right right? so then I started to understand like as Africans we are either extremely luxurious or lavish and lost uh, our wealth which is spirit or we are on the other side of the spectrum if you are embracing those things then you're not African because people also believe being African is being poor it's ridiculous (laughs) because and that's why Africans in the diaspora struggle to come back to the continent because it has been placed as the poorest continent which is which in reality Yes, but not really because we are rich in certain things that don't right. belong to us, that belong to us, but we're taken away from us. Right. So it's it's that thing. And what I've tried to do as people is, one, people say I don't look like a Sangoma. Because hmm. the image of a Sangoma is that image. I don't know if you've seen the Shaga Zulu movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, go see whom is called the witch doctor, which I have a, I've got issues with the name witch, witch because doctor. to us, witch is a destructor. Right. Healer is an enabler. Absolutely. So that person who looks spooky, eerie freaky mm-hmm. ugly it's a perception of what people have of what a sangoma is right. or someone who's illiterate who's not articulate who cannot you know live within the confines of the modern life mm-hmm. and that's inaccurate because when we speak of our the work that we gifted we say makosi makos is royalty so i say i need to ooze out that royalty in all of who i am mm-hmm. because i cannot speak of royal people i cannot speak of the greatness and the richness and the wealth of being african but how i show up is otherwise right right mm-hmm. so it's, it's 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 a dilemma we're facing as Africans and 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 the people that we need to also reach out as Africans is those who are in spaces of privilege those who are in spaces of resources to say in order for us to expand the work of you know teaching and and enlightening Africans around their African spiritual identity you can actually supply we cannot be excluding them we can't be excluding your Jay-Z's and your Beyonce's we need them those are the people whom we, we you know our assumption could be they're not enlightened because of what media projects. Sure. But if you listen to some of their lyrics, you're like, that's a bit of an enlightenment here. There's a wokenness, <laughs> right. or you know, we call it the wokenness that's right. going on here. But these are the people whom we need to say, hey, being African is being like this. Being African is being able because Africans have not been really religious but spiritual. Because spirit evolves. Religion keeps to their dogma. Right. You can't go out of the confines. But this dogma was created 2,000 years ago for the people who lived 2,000 years ago. What are the people asking of us? Because for me, I always say culture is a way of life. Tradition are norms and principles and value systems that enables the way of life. Mm -hmm. So 2019, what is the way of life? The way of life is connected to the essence of 100 years ago. We can't lose that essence, Mm -hmm. right? That connects us. But then we cannot say, for example, to speak or connect your ancestors, you can't want to slaughter a cow if you're living in an apartment. (laughs) Where's your cow going to feed? Right? Right? But to connect your ancestors is not about the cow. The offering does not always have to be a cow. 
anybody who doesn't eat meat, I'm like, maybe we'll come to a point where we make offerings of cabbages and 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 beetroots mm-hmm. to our ancestors because sure. we are faced with the with with we, we know with with the uh, climate change condition that is asking us to be conscious of what we consume mm-hmm. as consumers. Mm-hmm. And because as Africans, we were not meat consumers. We didn't eat meat all the time. Oh. You know, when we slaughtered a cow, it was in celebration of a big event or something big that was happening. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, paradigms that we're struggling with as Africans because some of them are deeply entrenched in religion and we call them African culture. So as Coco, you know, I'm always the why. So our, and, and that's, this podcast is about the why. Yeah. It's, it's a critical thinking podcast to ask people to think about why they do the things mm. that they do. How have they been influenced, domesticated, informed in a way that they believe what they believe? And if you're not able to question what you believe, you are trapped. Yep. Like, and so I like that you're saying you're always open to learning because when we say, this is it, I don't need to learn anything else, I think we put ourselves in a box. So that's, that's wonderful to hear that. How do you, go ahead. One of the things that um, you spoke about earlier was growing up um, with Christianity. Yeah. And you had a transition from that. Yeah. That's always very interesting to me. Um, how how were you able to do that, and how did that affect you in your family dynamics? Yeah. So I mean, I I, I was raised by my maternal side of the family, um, and with support from the paternal side. Um, and when I was young, I would used to witness my grandfather do some rituals, but I didn't understand what they were about. Uh, so we just participated as as children do. Um, and when he passed away at the age of 12, I just decided I want to be a Christian, right? Well, with all the preachings and, and Christianity is very drawing. So when I when I decided to leave Christianity, it wasn't a strange smash. You know, I think we've always been seeking a home, a spiritual home in my family. Because I remember with my mom, we moved from one charismatic church to the other, trying to find a home. Um, so when I, when I moved away from it... Um, it's when somebody actually, a Rastafarian guy, asked me, why am I black? I found that was a ridiculous question to ask because it's <laughs> obvious I look black. Um, and I answered the obvious way that my grandmother is ba- black and said like, but which actually my grandmother is mixed. My grandmother is, is, is Indian um, and, and colored and colored in South Africa is a mixture of white and black. And, and I said, oh, please, are we going to go on on this black thing? It's obvious I was born with, in a black family. And, you know, with arrogance, I answered because I thought I knew why I was black. And he said, sister, you got melanin. And I was like, I got melanin. What the hell is that? It sounded like some scientific term that I had no idea what it meant. But that provocation and this is, you know, I also hope with this podcast, people can feel uncomfortable because I felt yeah. uncomfortable mm-hmm. and discomfort calls for change. Absolutely. Right. You have to be comfortable with say, feeling say uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, so, say, say <laughs> you know, tis, I hope I can say it because sometimes I speak and spirit speaks yeah, and I don't right, remember what right. I said, but discomfort is a call for change. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was my, that was one moment of awakening or change. Cause I, and then when he spoke about what melanin is, and I was like, what? I started to, and at the time, I was starting to feel disconnected to the church um, because I couldn't understand why. I was at church seven days a week. I did everything. you could. Mm. I mean, I was in youth ministry. I was in children's ministry. I was so loyal to God at the time. But, and I could, everything in my life was failing. You know, I just was this kid who came from a disadvantaged background who went to an American school. I came back and I spoke with a beautiful American accent, but I couldn't go to, uni- you know, I couldn't go to college because things were just falling apart unexplainably. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this guy gave me a provocation. 
And I started to listen to Bob Marley's music. Mm-hmm. Emancipate and yourself. Yes, slavery. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I never knew Bob Marley died a month before I was born. Because as I listened to his music, he was alive mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I felt his, I, I didn't even know him, you know. And then I stopped relaxing my hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I just like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Then I listened to Jill Scott. Then I listened to Erika Badu. You know, so I went into the music and, and it's so funny because being a Sangoma is born through your gift through music and dance. And that's the power of music mm-hmm. because then it gives words, you know, it gives words to experiences that you can't articulate. Right. And, 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 and th- there was a shift that was happening in my consciousness with the music that I was. Then I started hanging around this Rastafarian guy and then I was like, but I still want to, I wanted to be a pastor. So I wanted to go into ministry. So I, I signed up for theology. Mm-hmm. And and our, God is great because I believe in divinity. And I think the teacher they brought was one who was asking me to look for the God within. Uh-huh. So instead, you don't have to wait for God out there to answer you. Your prayers, watch for the signs. And I said, God, if this is a space and a place which I'm going to serve and honor my purpose, show me a sign. And a week later, my best friend was kicked out of church. And I've always grown up like you can't kick anyone because church belongs to God, not a, a person. So I was like, maybe that's a sign. And the signs started to come, you know, like the signs started to come that that was not a place for me. And I tried to move into Rastafarian, you know, and I was a, I was an activist at the time. And I got there, the music and the drumming was powerful. And I said, and they said, ah, but women cannot be ministers. I was like, ah, I left immediately. I stood up and left. <laughs> you know, then I was in search of, of, of something and, and, and my life was still falling apart. And I was told by a Sangoma that you needed your father to perform a ritual that's going to ground you and connect you to your people. And my, did, my dad did that. I didn't believe in it, but it didn't mean it didn't exist. Yes. Right? And something started to shift in, in the manifestation of my life. Okay? And I was like, oh, my dad did this ritual. Then I, may, I was starting to be in a stable relationship. You know, and then my ex-husband, the father of my kids, paid Lobola. I was like, oh, maybe there's something to these African rituals. With my skepticism, I was like, let's embrace it. So I went on a journey of really understanding who is God. And mm-hmm. what, as an African, who am I? Right. That, you know, and at the time, um, I mean, things happen. They didn't happen in, as, as I, you know, the, the chronological order is not accurate. Right. But I also, you know, followed the Marcus Garvey movement, which really made me fall in love with being African because it demystified so many myths about who we were as Africans. So like the, for example, that Africans are oppressive to their women. If you're in, you know, we look at how we get positioned and that's not who we are because we are matriarchy. You know, matriarchy is what Africans are. We believe in the divine feminine because we understand the womb is an incubator of life. How do we then destroy that very essence, you know? So it, it really, I was the only female with about 10 plus males that half of them ended up dropping out because our teacher was male but was saying let's revere the queen that is amongst us mm. because we lay the red carpet and he would teach about the, the power of the divine feminine and how we were led by women and how when we got colonized you know those things were quite Eurocentric about the male leaders and right. men the Absolutely. God who's a man it was yes. never about that mm-hmm. so there was a lot you know even Lobola which I at the time which is um, I don't it's, I don't call it bridal prize I, I call it a coming together of two families you know from both sides of the families so when he explained the significance of those things I was like wow there's so much richness but I didn't still believe in the ancestral spiritual practices because that was complex because I was coming from Christianity 
But the more I tapped into it, with my belief or no belief, something would manifest. There was a shift, whether big or small in my life. Then I was like, oh, there's something into this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something into this thing. Then later on, I, I mean, because I, I discovered that actually I am called to be one, right? And I went into the practice of being a Sangoma, still entrenched in my Christian belief systems, even though I was woke. Because there's right. a lot of people who are woke <laughs> as Africans, but want nothing to do with African ritual practices. Uh, you know, right. I find it, I, right. when I go to Kwanzaa and I have to speak about Patha and burning of Mpepo and rituals, they're like, ah, oh, it's not for us. I'm like, that's the essence of who you are. Right. The burning of that sage and the calling upon your people, that's the essence of who you are. If you denounce the essence of who you are, but you want to claim you are African, because being African is not our clothes. It's right. not, those things it's are expressions. Right. It's not those things. Those things are expressions, you know. We see, because we all, I transitioned my wokeness in the clothing, in the hair, because that's how you begin. Mm -hmm. But, and I understood that I can, I can have all my locks, because I used to have locks. But then I, my mental state was still enslaved, right. <laughs> you know, because how that's I still right. perceived, uh, you know, Africans and what Africans did was still enslaved, you know. Right. So it, it was a lot of, it, it, it's complex. You know, but I'm, 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 I want to make people uncomfortable. Very good. Because discomfort is a call for change. As a child, did you know that, were you aware of Sangomas? Mm-hmm. And what was, what were you taught as a child about Sangomas? They are dirty. <laughs> they are scary. Um, they are ungodly. Mm -hmm. And All of this is colonization. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they amount to nothing. Mm -hmm. And I say, take a look at me now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take a look at me now, yes, right? Yes, need a picture. Yes, so people can actually see you. And yeah, yeah. they should go. On my, they should go to my Instagram page. I'm and very you proud. Just on the outside, you, no. have, you have an aura. Yeah. That is regal, um, and not in the way in which it minimizes anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. It actually shines a light on. There's so many things you've said that made me want to cry just sitting here I, like i felt especially when yes. you talked about the yearning to come back to the continent of africa and to connect with our roots yeah like i began to get goosebumps yeah and to to feel the type of emotions that i can't say i never felt them in church yeah but it also was would be turned off so there when you spoke of christianity and the things that you got in church and how it did help you in some ways there's so many of us in the diaspora who I'm sure can relate to yeah. But there's something missing. Yeah. And we know that. And we're yearning. But you see why something. church is important. We go for it the is. music. It is. Because the music, music awakens spirit. It is. As you know, they just saw us as people who you know, if we look at the the also colonial constructs of our identity is they're good at singing and dancing. But they didn't understand in that moment we were communing and conversing and connecting to divinity, then our ability to create was much more higher. Yeah. Because in everything we did, music and was surrounding us. And that's why as Africans we're still one of the best you know, we are the best gifted vocally because mm -hmm. the spirit speaking through us. But it's not only that what that that we are good at that because in each and every space would enter singing is important so if i'm invited to speak you know in public platforms i i i start with music you know i invite i start with drumming because i am saying dinawa alone does not have the capacity to capacitate your people at the level in which you need them to be capacitated in so i invite an entourage an army of my ancestors to show up with me because i'm sure i'm going to listen to the podcast and i'm going to be like 
did I just say that? Because every time I speak, there's something that I speak that I've never spoken before. Because I don't walk alone. Therefore, I don't speak alone. So therefore, this knowledge that I carry and this wisdom, it is not mine. I'm a vessel. And I'm always reminded when you spoke about this humility, my ancestors always remind me that you are a vessel. Remember, you're a body that we have chosen. And it, it happens with, with challenges. When I experience challenges and I experience discourses and pain, when this year in September I was dragged down the Twitter line, as we know, the streets of Twitter, for me, I, I said, and I was like, thank you for reminding me I'm human and I'm not immune mm -hmm. to, to feeling like my shine is being deemed by those who are saying bad things about me. Right. But I looked at it, I said, I can either be a villain and show that I am powerful and attack back. Or I can be a victim and feel sorry for myself and like, why are people doing this to me? Because I've done so much for them. Or I can go inward and self-reflect and say, what is the gift that I'm being gifted at this time with the challenges that I'm experiencing and emerge as a victor, right? And then I understood and I, you know, and, 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 and that's what happens when I go through challenges because I don't see myself held at, at hostage by my insistence. I'm co-creators with them. We need each other. Right. For me to be a vessel, we need each other. So when I encounter things, I don't say, why me? I say, how come me? Right. What is going on? What is the next level I need to ascend to? So my work right now is I need to go beyond the walls of South Africa, beyond the walls of, of Africa, to the, to the rest of the world because our people need people like us, yes. right? They need teachers like us who can say, in where you are, you can still connect with your ancestors. You don't need, if America, if Europe is a comfortable space for you to reside in, it's okay. But you can make it more comfortable and more acceptable to your living conditions by still embracing your ancestral connection, your lineage. So it's, it's those things, because I say, it's not about being radical and let's move everybody back to the continent, you know? Right. And because that's, that's gonna, that we won't function. And, 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 and people won't know how to adjust it. It's about let's slowly do it. And those who are drawn to physically move, we're grateful. But those who are not, we're still grateful. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about an either or to right. be African. Yes. It's an end. It's yes. You know, it's about it's okay doing your pepper and having your weave. Because as Africans, hair has always been important. And then we've always braided our hair and done certain things to our hair. It's not new. We, we might look at the weave as, 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 as a Western construct, of course, because it was sold to us as we can have hair like white people do have hair. But we've always done magic. Makeup is, is an African thing. Because we always have, we're creative, we're artistic. Tattoos is an African thing. Because yeah. those mark rites of passages and a coming of age when we mark those things. Because it's an expression. We are expressing the essence of our spirit through multiple forms and formats. So I always try to say to Africans, we cannot be exclusive. We can't say that you are only Africans if you've got dreadlocks. You're only African if you're carrying a backpack that was made in Africa. Because those things, you know, what about the Africans who can make those things in America? You know, I always get into, you know, dialogues with Africans who would say, yeah, but we should stop glorifying these singers in the States. And I'm like, I understand because, you know, the West has taken so much from us right. and, 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 and we, we can't. And I say, but it's an end. As much as I celebrate Java, I can celebrate in America. I, I love India Ari. I can celebrate in, I can still buy India Ari's music as I buy Java's music. Because to me, they both speak to my song. I can listen to a Beyonce song because there's something in a particular song that speaks to my spirit. Because when we, you know, the whole concept and architecture of colonization, when it was 
discussed and constructed, I think in 1856 in Berlin, was to divide and conquer. That's right. So as Africans, we are still perpetuating the divide and conquer. Look at xenophobia. So we can be, we, we, as South Africans, we sometimes believe we're superior than our fellow African brothers. Right. And then as African Americans, you think you're better than your fellow African brothers. Right. That's divide and conquer. So we will never rise as a, as a, as a race and as a nation if we are pick pointing at the miniature things, irrelevant things about our Africanness. Because you're only African if you are. You only are, you know, those things are petty. And that's moving away, it's moving us away from the goal of unification. Because if we want to rise and, and go back to ourselves, it's, it's, you know, if we say Africa is the cradle of humankind, it means every race, its roots is African. Right. Just recently, um, we were doing some spiritual work with a young lady who showed me a video. Um, and uh, I don't remember the artist, Cardi B maybe, was it Cardi B, who at the beginning of the video, there were women all dressed in white um, at the ocean doing a ritual. Yeah. And it was a traditional African ritual. And after maybe 30, 45 seconds of that, it t t turned into her dancing. She had on white, but her midriff was out, her clothes were short, and there were two guys, uh, one on each side. And she was, it, it affected her. She was like, this is, this is ridiculous, and <laughs> it was demeaning, and she had some negative things to say about that particular video. And in that moment, I said, well, one of the things we need to look at is there's some exposure there. Yeah. That we have to meet people where they are. Yeah. And we can't, that may be the only exposure that some people get to anything that's traditionally African. There may be someone who will watch that video and then want to know. What is that? Yeah. What, what is that? And that's what we need to do. Because we're not the trying to, yes. Lemonade, yeah. Wearing yellow in the river. Yeah. And channeling um, Oshun. Yeah. Like that, we need to embrace that and let that be a point where we reach for someone who may be totally lost and not connected to who they are. True. And I, and I, I, they are. I say that, and you know, with the work that I've done and, and, and how I've spoken, it has actually enlightened those who were asleep. Yes. And I, I said my work is not to, it is of course to continually inspire the woke, but it's to make the unwoke uncomfortable so they can change, yes. right? Because yes. we need all of us. We yes. don't need some of us, right? right? Yes. I mean, look at Beyonce's following. Yes. We need her, yes. even yes. if she's going to change to a skimpy, what looks like what, but less is like, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, good, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you did a track on her. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that because yes. it, she is going through her own transition. Yes. You didn't wake up and just discard everything you own and, 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 and you, you might have gotten rid of stuff and like, actually, I do like that, that scarf I got in Europe. I love it. I'm just going <laughs> to keep it. I'm not going to throw it because it's un-African, you know, right. because it's, it's, we are part of a global community yes, and we cannot want to alienate ourselves from the global community and you know there is mass what we call mass culture or mass media so if we don't occupy spaces in 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 and we don't uh, we start we we continuously criticize those figures who occupy those spaces in 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 a huge form then we are not going to get the work done you know and i i always say that we need to look at the good 
because for me also I believe in like attracts like the more we can celebrate something the more we will have of celebrating because yes. also we have a tendency which is also quite colonial to be very critical of yes. each other you know like oh yeah they 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 they, they can't good Gogodino is good but you know she was Gucci <laughs> really <laughs> which Sangoma does that but I might be wearing that because I want the one who's wearing it to see themselves in me Right and understand and say, um, oh wow, oh okay, I can still bend my, in I can still do those things, I can still consult a sangoma, and because people are afraid to, you know, hit the calling, to become sangomas because they've got gotten comfortable with certain things and certain lifestyles, mm -hmm. and they think becoming a sangoma your whole life stops. All you're gonna be doing is walking barefooted, you know, with crack hills, which I still have some from my initiation days, <laughs> right? Uh, no bathing. You can't do anything else outside the work of being a Sangoma. Mm -hmm. And I said, we need lawyer Sangomas. If we're going to change policies so that our work is recognized, we need people to understand the legal system. Right. If we're going to actually uh, have uh, African healing practices be part of mainstream healthcare, we need medical doctors who are Sangomas. Right. You know, we, 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 need, we need accountants who can help us understand the economy and how we're going to make sure that this work does not deplete us because I work fully as a Sangoma mm -hmm. right and I'm one of the people who has made it successfully as a Sangoma in multiple forms so the criticism was about my rates right, right? right. <laughs> like you are too expensive you're probably a fake or a con artist mm -hmm. and one thing I said is like but why do we have to associate African spirituality to poverty right. you probably experience it for yourself yes. it's time mm -hmm. it's energy mm -hmm. it's a lot of things yes. You're not told like, oh, 10 minute consultation is done. Sorry, we've got a next one, which right. is what other practitioners would do. Right. You no understand? Clock. You are told about your health, about your family, about stuff you didn't even come to. There's a, there's a lot. And I said, if we as a race don't put value in our things, how is the global market going to value it? Right? right? Because I, I, got, I was invited to a TV interview like, yeah, but go, go, people are poor. I'm like, hold up, hold up. That paradigm is going to keep us poor. Right. Right? Because we see us, we see poverty. We need to change that paradigm. I grew up in a, in a family allegedly poor because we started to associate with poverty. But when I was young, I saw a lot of richness because my grandfather never taught me poverty. My grandfather taught me richness because we had enough to eat. We had what we needed because we worked off the land. Mm -hmm. Right? And a lot of things. But I, as we became, because then I looked at like, oh, we don't have Kellogg's. So that conflicts, so that means we poor because that's the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's 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 those things. And I grew up with an auntie who could afford expensive Italian shoes, but would always say I'm poor when it had to be meeting your basic needs. Like I wouldn't have groceries at my house because oh I'm so poor. But you and my mom do the same job, you earn the same salary. So my mom just plans differently than you do. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's those mindsets that we need to change and shift as as as, as Africans of. Like I said earlier on, of exclusion, we can't be like, no, it's only for this group. We need the one, we need the other ones in the periphery, the ones who are sitting outside the fence. We need the masses. Mm -hmm. So, so can you speak about the evolution and the evolution versus tradition? Right? Yeah. So we get taught a way to do something, and that becomes the way. Mm. But the power of spirit is that the way can evolve and yeah. become something new, especially with the way our society is evolving technologically. So are there some things that are technologically or, or even evolving in terms of the way things might have been done 
200 years ago that were perfect for that time, but that don't really make sense in this particular time. Like what we're doing right now, that's evolving, ah. yes. right? This yes. is this is this information. It's it's knowledge. It's gonna you know formulate a curriculum that mm -hmm. we might not get to live to experience, but that's what we're doing right now. Right. And that's the power of technology. I mean, we're moving into an industrial revolution that is quite digital. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people love to hear more than read more now, mm -hmm. yeah. but it does not make any, any other the less off, right? right? right. Um, and I say, the minute I stepped into this work and my ancestor said, your work is to heal the world and is to be a, a spiritual, African spiritual teacher for the world. And I was taught where I was training, you consult people in their practice, in what we call in Dumba, they come to you. And, you, and my people said, no, there's other forms of technology. So way long before even the you know, um, digital platforms were opened up, I would consult people because I work with people in the diaspora. You're not going to pay 10,000 rands just to come and pay another thousand for a consultation and fight back home. It doesn't right. make sense. Right. So it has enabled my work because even online when I do spiritual teachings on Instagram and I upload them on YouTube, those things live forever. Mm -hmm. You know, Even though they're not owned by us, but they're there. They're going to reach somebody somewhere out there. Right. So that's what evolving means. Mm -hmm. You know, Even when it comes to ritual, the, to rituals, they need to evolve. We don't lose the essence. Right. So I say when we perform rituals, the essence is always to connect. Mm -hmm. And to feed the spirit, you know, because um, somebody once said rituals are food for the soul. So as we perform rituals, we look at what is what is the current reality. What is I want to perform a ritual that's gonna feed my soul. So this is where I'm at, and this is what I'm doing. So without losing the essence of the ritual, how do I evolve it? And that's always been my work. How do I evolve it? Without becoming, you know, ex excluding, because now there I want to keep to the tradition. And that's why I don't like to be called the traditional healer. Because then the perception is that I still operate with 1856 methods, whereas some of the essences could be, but my thinking and my ways uh, of the times, you yeah, know, yeah. because I'm always saying Coco Dineo who has taken the indigenous and the sacredness of, you know, African healing practices into modern thinking because right. I'm always about evolving and that's why I call myself a spiritual healer because spirit is, is never stagnant, it doesn't, right. doesn't right. conform, you know, it's always evolving. Mm -hmm. As you encounter and interact with experiences, it's asking you to see things differently and look at things differently because I came out, of course, from my, you know, from my school of initiation with dogma and rules and things right. and, and I was like, mm -hmm. why? You know, I've always been like, why? Good question. I'm, I always ask the why. So you, you probably met the Gogos and they kneeled yes. and they, you yes. know, and yes. of course you might look at it like, no, but why do you have to go down on your knees and, oh no, man, it's, you can't be doing that. But I say to them, this is what Goko Dineo has discovered. The power of going down on your knees and bowing and saying Togoza is disengaging your ego. Uh, mm -hmm. Because at that level of being below, the, you can't be charged energetically. I also tell them that even when they're training, because they're human beings, they get into chorus. I'm like, when you are arguing with somebody standing up, your ego is heightened. Mm -hmm. But you, when you are bowing down, even your tone of voice and everything becomes lower. So you are disengaging your ego. So I'm getting into a conversation and a consultation with you with higher curiosity and higher awareness versus ego. So I've understood the significance why they always go there. And I always say everything grows from the ground up. Mm -hmm. We call our ancestors Abapanzi, you know? So when we go down, we are co constantly connecting to the ground, constantly connecting to, 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 to them. 
So I've, I've, I've asked the why questions. Why do we bath with cold water in the morning? They wake up at 2.30 and uh, to do take a cold bath and then at 3 we begin ritual. 3 is divine time. It's the only number in numerology that has a big beginning and middle and an end that's god's time that's divine time so once i have found the meanings which i wasn't taught because i'm a white person so i asked my people so where i was taught is that when women come they have to be dressed in skirts and this and that. i was like why okay i don't see the significance because it right. doesn't affect how i connect with you whether right. you're wearing a mini skirt or a short exactly. skirt or a long skirt or a duke or a, you right. know nothing right, right. so i don't <laughs> apply that thing but it doesn't mean that uh, you know, because I'm trying to understand the essence. The things that I do in the practice of essences, and some I get them a bit, and as I go on, I'm like, ha, uh, doesn't make sense. Like where I was trained is like, whatever time it is, you wake up at three, that's it. But we've just went to do a house cleansing and we were doing some rituals at this house. We arrived at two. Your body has not rested. Right. So for me, I'm like, okay, I understand the importance, but I'm going to give this body a rest because it needs to rejuvenate so it can right. perform, you know, optimally. So every time we've got certain things or when we go and have a weekend rituals, because it's at three days of no sleeping, drumming, dancing and music and, and in spirit, it takes a toll on the physical body. So then I go like, okay, we're going to take a week's break for you to recover, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At my school, there was no break. There was no, like, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, because that's for me that is right. tradition right. tradition says right. you wake up at three but then going, spirit right. says i can recognize that you're about to fall on the floor right. <laughs> because your body is just headed right, right? so let's take a break let's right. rejuvenate mm -hmm. let's energize mm -hmm. right who does that benefit for you to fall on the floor or for you to not be able to do yeah what it is that but you some even though with they just you know their body never gets enough rest i'm sure maybe with some of the people you met some of them were kind of like the alpha male in your life right and I've realized that I diffuse the arguments by sitting down on the floor and it's not demeaning it's not because we look at those things as African women and I'm like no ways I'm not gonna do that because that is that, this, this, that's too much right okay. so it's uh, and it's it's also energy draining because see yourself after an argument you are finished you are depleted you want nothing Right. So then I sit on the floor when I speak to him, when I see that the argument, I sit on the floor because it's quite alpha. I sit on the floor and the shift that happens in our conversation and things transition. And what is the divine feminine? The better, the shifter, the transitioner. So then I step into those things. So I'm trying to learn because, like I say, I'm my own prototype. When my ancestors give me guidance, I'm like, this is so hard to be very feminine because I'm used to hoo, 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 hoo. but I'm just I say you have never failed me you've never misled me you've right. never misdirected me as painful and as uncomfortable as it is but I'm about to birth newness right now so I'm gonna go through this transition process I'm gonna cry I've never cried in my life like I'm crying right now because I've always been alpha and I, I recognize that yes it's male and sisters but I've experienced brutality at the hands of men you know I've experienced sexual assault and I've come from a brutal upbringing so that has also crafted and molded the alpha in me as a defense mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so I'm working with ancestors but I'm also working with past trauma so it's a complex things and that brings me to what we spoke about multiple intervention Absolutely. holistic healing so Coco Dino has a psychologist a life coach other spiritual healers and has her own spiritual practice and saying what Let's, let's do this. Let's do this multiple. And sometimes it's simultaneous, sometimes it's parallel, sometimes it's one way to get me to back to my whole self. So the next level of my bathing process can be whole. So as I bath this queen, 
Mm-hmm. I actually call myself Karanga Queen. Yes, as yes. I bath myself and this queen, there's a bit of wholeness. And the brokenness never gets, you never, I say to people, when they say, when does the healing finish? I'm like, when you, you're no longer in this body. Because <laughs> yes. right. the more you unpeel, a, you unpeel a layer of a wound, mm-hmm. there's another one that gets revealed. Because also as you experience life, trauma and things do happen. So it's a journey, you know. We are here, first and foremost, to work with ourselves. We are here to be better versions of ourselves. Because when we're better, we can do better. We can do better work, we can be in better relationships. So we, you know, then those things that we're seeking for better externally start with the better within. Absolutely. You know, we, as we, we, we have come to understand nobody completes you, somebody compliments you. You know, so if you hold and complete, you find like attracts like. Right, like attracts like. Speaking to me. Feels like I've been saying a lot, but I'm, I'm really speaking good. to me and telling my story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm blessed, thank you. Yes. So as we, as we, wrap up I, I know we got to i don't want to there's so many so many there's a part two and a part three and a part four but um there's a series yes there's yeah. a series yeah. um what would you say is if you have to put it in words um spirit and how your understanding of spirit in this moment in time in the world how you see it manifesting um how would you put that into words? I see it as chaos, you know? Because, like I said, discomfort creates change. There's a lot of chaoticness that hap- is happening globally um, in, in, in multiple forms. So people are no longer just taking what we've just been told. You know, the uprisings that happen in the States about, you know, the questioning of black worthiness and, and, and the value of black life matters. Right, right, right. Uh, black girls rock. Those movements, you know, the whole thing around uh, gender constructs where the you know heterosexuality and homosexuality are no longer just the thing there are other forms of things that are are emerging mm-hmm. so for me there's there's a shift that's happening in consciousness right. right the refusal to just believe what we've been taught by religion there's a shift in consciousness mm-hmm. because i think i think mother mother africa says enough is enough people need to return back home right now you know right. people return, need to return back to the center so that's what is happening so it's not necessarily as in some level, there's a bit of revolution, but there's an evolution. Because, like, as we spoke earlier on, when you start to see uh, Beyonce performing a little mini- miniature actor at the river and calling herself this, and uh, this one is doing that, that shows that there are pockets of things that are being planted. And, 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 and because we've shed so much blood, there's just so much blood and so many lives that have been lost with acts of revolution. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not pro turning the system upside down because then it's kind of like throwing the, the baby into the hot tub, you know, and just and then thinking the baby will just find their way. So there is that. And there's people moving away from um, just being told what to do, but asking why. Like we have a lot. You know, there was a time, I think in 2000, in the, when we entered the millennium, people said we're entering the white generation. But I think the why is kind of rising right now. Yes. Yeah right you see the kind of conversations that people are having on social media Mm -hmm. people are really questioning a lot of things about a lot of things that have been the status quo like you know something about salaries why are we not paid equal salaries but we're doing the same amount of work things that people are becoming fearless and courageous in their conversations and their their actions right people are also starting to say i'm doing it for me and then then by owning you and 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 slaying in that in that way you inspire the others to do the same mm-hmm. so i say with my work i did this to share my experiences i didn't do it for the fame i didn't do it for the money i didn't do it for anything else but just to share my experiences and said there's beauty in in being african there's beauty in connected in being connected 
within my African roots and understanding my African spiritual identity. Mm -hmm. And I was invited to the platforms and the rest kind of fell into place mm -hmm. because people are always seeking for purpose out there. But right. purpose is within. It's, it's like within. really finding within. Yeah. And it's once you find yourself and being in, and sharing and not sharing with an intention of of getting. Because when you when you when you kind of like plant, it's like you know. Because people now like, oh, I found my purpose. Now I want to be this. You know, like people say, how do I do your work, Coco? And I'm like. I, I don't know, but I can give some guidelines. Can you mentor me to do this work? I don't know, because is that what your work is about? Is, you know, are you supposed to be on radio and TV and this? Because remember, this work, as much as I'm, I read a lot, but there isn't where I can say to you, go read this book and this book, and you can find this information that I just spoken now, because there isn't really a lot of information around the work that I do. So people have to really... When we speak about spirituality, it's about returning to within. Tap and, into spirit. You know? So is that's the evolution that's happening right mm -hmm. now. Is People are, are seeking the answers outside. is no longer working because you get confused with right. all these different answers. But there's something that is driving you within. And that within can be awakened by the discomfort yeah. and the, the, this conversation. Can be invited by, you know, by being triggered by why is... Lady Gaga, uh, is it Lady Gaga or, or Cardi B, whoever she is, that did that ocean ritual? And why is that? Because those agitations start to make one curious. Yes. Mm -hmm. Once you inquire, then you see it and you start to ask questions. And you, that's very important. And I think people need to ask. So don't just take things as they are. Ask why. Mm -hmm. But there's a way in which you know this generation can ask that can be very arrogant. Yes. Mm. yes. <laughs> right. Because there's also like no, but why am I? You know. Right. And and people need to be willing to be apprentices and students to get to mastery. That's the balance. Right? right. So that's the balance of it. And I understand that a great master is the one who is always willing to go back to studentship. Mm. Right. And I, I'm a student of life and I'm always willing to learn and I'm always open and I'm always being open to being challenged mm. and to say, well, you know, I don't I, I didn't know. And as I know better, I will do better and be right. better in my work. So it's it's very important to also acknowledge uh, your, your mistakes, you know, just like I've missed the mark. I didn't see it the way that I was supposed to see it. Hey, I failed. Hey, I trained the Sangoma and they became the most, you know, vicious person that you could ever imagine. They were worse off than when they were when they come in. And it's to take my res responsibilities, taking my part in it. Like, okay, maybe I could have just said no to training right now because you're just emotionally broken. Right. Right. Because also this training is quite intense. Your whole life kind of changes you're asked to sleep on the floor and you're used to sleeping in your double bed with, right. with you know, you, you're being told what time to wake up and you're used to waking up at 11. So it's 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 those things and, and it's to say, oh, okay, cool. You say I didn't do good, but people don't want to take responsibility, especially with issues of spirituality. Right. You don't want to take responsibility so when it goes wrong, you can self-correct. Right. But that's the power of taking responsibility because the power then is in your hands. Then you're not held at hostage by your ancestors or by your pastor or by the Sangoma or by that and that and that because then it means your life can never be lived fully because your life is lived through what other, other people are dictating for you. But when you take responsibility and charge, it is beautiful because you can always evolve and you can always say, it doesn't speak to me anymore, I'm going to move to this. You know, but take responsibility that, hey, I moved into this with lack of understanding and with I rushed into this. So now things are being messed up because I messed up. Right. So it's internal, not external. No. We are all responsible for our path. Nobody is responsible for our connection to yes. God or the Creator, whatever. No. We have the ability to tap that. And that's what we want people to do. Yeah. Yeah. And as being a healer, it's very important, as you've said, that we do the work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we. 
it was it, I noticed that there are people who do believe that you know I'm healing you and I have this thing I'm gonna do for you, you. but it's really when yes. you're pointing one finger look at all these that are pointing back at me that's what my grandfather used to say my grandfather mm -hmm. used to tell me that judging others is defining yourself right mm -hmm. so the more you point fingers at others and also because as a healer you know, actually, I said this on my TED talk. People should look out for it. It's going to be on online very soon because I'm sharing. It's wisdom of a gogo. I'm sharing four life lessons I'm learning as a spiritual healer. Oh, great! And great, and great. and one of the thing is about healing. And I'm saying that as 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 healers, as as facilitate as healers, as change agents or activists. I believe in your work. You are healers. You are change agents. You are activists. We're just facilitators. We're not responsible for changing people's life because if people's willingness and readiness does not meet the level of aspirations, change is not going to happen, mm -hmm. right? So people can be like, yeah, I want to be like this. I want to be healed, but are you doing the work, right? right? So then as, as healers, the, the healers who hold people hostage, like I'm powerful, you are powerful. We are both powerful. Mm -hmm. But what I might have is that I've got the ability to tap into a space of power which you might not have. But I cannot do that without your willingness. I cannot do that without your readiness. So I'm just your facilitator. It is a co-dependent relationship for your healing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I do. And also your ancestors, because you might be wanting that car right now because I've got a job and I need the car because without a car, we know South Africa doesn't have the, one of the best public transport systems. But your ancestors might be like, that car is going to lead you into an accident. You're not ready for it because you're going to be reckless. You're going to be drinking and driving because we know that you've got a problem with alcohol. So I always say, Lousy time is perfect timing. You know, ancestors' time is divine timing because they will bless you with the necessary things that are going to save you. I've seen how I've been blessed and what I desperately was wanting at the time was for my ego to feel good about myself. Yeah. That when I receive it in divine timing, it doesn't define me anymore. I see it, I'm, I'm grateful, yeah. you know. So I, you know, I got three gifts in, in one week. I got a, um, a Rolex cuff and key holders. And I got a full day spa treatment and I got a bunch of flowers yesterday. Mm. And all of them are beautiful gifts. And of course I got the Rolex, I was like, whoa, wow, hey, out to the Rolex watch, because I'm into watches. But I realized what the flowers did for me yesterday. Because I was really in a bad emotional space. And I was meeting a friend and tears were here. And just them saying, here are flowers. I boomed into light. Something shifted in my emotional state. You understand what I'm saying? So spirit always will give you what you need. Because what you need is what's going to aid you. And enable you for the next thing that you need to be doing. So sometimes it's not like I've had money and I wanted to buy something and it never happens. It never comes together. The deal never pulls through. Because my ancestors are saying, hold up. That's actually going to feed Dinawa's ego and you're going to move away from the path in which you are called to do. Because it's not going to be about the Rolex. It's like I'll be talking like, yeah. <laughs> Just so you see. Because we are not immune to those things. As a spiritual healer, I recognize my own ego moments. You know, I recognize when I feel good. So when the Twitter thing happened, it was quite humbling because it was like, yeah, I don't think you're the it, you know, you're not the it for everyone and make peace and deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so it was like, okay, cool. You know, after I cried and uh, I was like, okay, I need to be the it for myself. I need to celebrate myself. I need to appreciate and love myself. And I need to say, Coco Dinewa, you are the it for you. And if everybody fits into that energy, great. And if not, even greater. And in doing that, you teach so much. You teach so much. Like in this short podcast, I've learned so much from you. 
and you were just you're just being you. <laughs> I'm just being me. And that's the way we really learn. Yes. That's the way we, it's by example. And thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate you. I know it can't be easy yeah. to be who you are and to do what you do. No, because sometimes you're seen as God. But thank you. Thank you. Yeah, a funny story. So the last time I came, the woman who I told you connected me to you, when I told her I wanted to see uh, Sangoma, she said, why do you want to do that? Yeah. You don't really do that that much here. It's yeah. not really look, look, look well upon. I, yeah. I said, but I, but I want to. So she's like, okay, I, I have a friend, <laughs> a friend. So I got to you. So I had the sensibility that uh, it's not something that people talk about yeah. a lot, you know, directly. So... Our driver, yeah. um, had, you know, was bringing us. He's been working with us all week. We met him at the at the airport. Yes, yeah. we just connected, and so he's been with us. So, but I didn't tell him. I just said we're going to see a friend. So, he drops us off, and then he said he came back and he was waiting for us and he was listening and he was saying, he kept hearing the kids say go 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 go. Yeah. The kids that were out playing, yeah. and he said, ah, oh, this is go go Dinero's place. <laughs> and so when we got back in the car to leave, he said. You didn't tell me you were going to see Coco De Niro. She's famous. And I said, she's famous? I, I didn't, I didn't know. know. I, I, I just know I went to her house, you know, four years ago. and yeah. I, I wasn't that famous when you met me four years ago. Right. You said hey. she's on the radio yeah. and she's, she's doing this and that. He was so excited. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, we had a great experience. <laughs> and we're going to talk to her tomorrow. Yeah. So, but it's, so it just goes to show that... Mm-hmm. From four years ago, things have evolved. Yeah, and definitely. And perceptions have evolved. And the why questions, you're sparking that energy in people that challenging them to think about, why do I do this? Why do I believe this? Mm. And it's awakening something that hopefully we're also awakening with this podcast and asking these questions that challenge people to say, why do I do this? Yeah. How is this benefiting me? How is this moving me forward? How is this progressing me? Let me take away the domestication that I got as a child that my parents taught me because that's what they were taught, because that's what their parents were yeah. taught, because that's what their yeah. parents were taught. Yeah. No, let's think for ourselves and create mm. new paradigms. And that's that's very, very powerful. And what our parents might have been taught and that we are trying to embrace as culture or tradition might be a pathology that has not served the family and why we are stuck right. in those families. So we might be the ones who are called because we are all called, right? right? We mm-hmm. all are called, uh, we all have a calling, meaning that you are here and manifested instead of being a plant or a tree or a or an animal, you became human because there's something that you're meant to serve, mm-hmm. right? And if we are not awakened enough within ourselves, we will not be of service. And that service starts with servicing you. Yes. yes. You know, an empty cup has nothing to give to another. Yes. And it's 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 what it's about. So I'm really grateful for this for this opportunity and it's been great work because four years ago, yes. But now ask anybody, people are more open because Goko Dino has been teaching yes. us about yes. you know, every day where I go I bump into somebody, Oh you Goko Hey and I still haven't gotten it in my head because right. it's not easy being famous. <laughs> I, I don't right. you know, the thing is that there's also ways in which you know, there's ways right. in which you gotta be cocodinero, right? Yeah. Um, that sometimes you can't just feel like, oh, I just wanna go out in my nightgown just to go <laughs> quickly get some milk or something, right. you know? Right. Um, because I'm understanding that how I care. And, I, I've, I've, and that's one of the things that has made me realize why I attract so much negativity sometimes, because I deny my own power. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the people who've come are there also to remind me, you're powerful. Yeah. You matter. That's yeah. why you're occupying people's airtime, that they will take their 
you know, data and talk about you on Twitter, yes. you are so important right now. Absolutely. Because if you are nobody, nobody wants to talk about you. If you are a somebody, then you are a force to be reckoned with. So that's how, it's not flipping it, but it's to deeply take it back to myself so I can take my power back. Because if I live it up to them, they've got the power. Nobody has power over me, right? Because if I'm divine, it means I'm one with divinity. So how then can somebody have power? Because I don't have power over you. And I'm that type of healer who also would say to you, remember, this is a co-created. So if you come and do an exchange of money or something, it's because you are also giving gratitude for what you are co-creating. So it's a co-created thing. It's not like I've given you your job and you know now worship me, because that's religion, right? It wants us to believe that thing. So we can also be religious as healing practitioners we can be saying something and doing something else. So I always say to them, you, when you keep the relationship with me and the institute, post your training, you have a family that can support you because this work is hard, right? So if you are stuck, you've got a community of practitioners you can come back to. But if your people say it's enough with you and us, that's fine, right? And sometimes, in majority of the cases, people, because I've been told that the institute radiates light. Mm -hmm. It's a space of light workers. And, and 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 if you, you're not of the light, you can't stay there. So I've, I've come to accept that, okay, I loved you dearly as my student or something, but maybe your light doesn't match my vibrational light. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I, it's, it's fine for you to, 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 to be let go, you know, to go and, 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 and move away. And what I found is that with the people who move away, they never take responsibility for themselves. It's always about what Coco Dino didn't yeah. do for me. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't trained right. And I was like, it's strange, you know? Out of all the people I train, it's like 80% of them come out right. That, right. Look at my, you know, <laughs> even the track, you know, the track record. Because I also say to people who criticize me, I'm like, but you don't know me. You don't know right. my work. You hear. Right. Because there's a saying that says, be careful. Uh, what you are hearing about me could be for an, from a hater, right. you know, yes. because they will say what, you know, because there are always two sides to a story mm -hmm. or three, because there's my side and your side and there's the truth. And for you to distill and decipher what is the truth is to listen to both with an open mind. Right. You know, yes. And, and no, very, because it's like, no, I was told so. Or right. so it is. It's been like that in my family. So it is. But you stuck. You're unhappy. You're miserable. So why are you doing same old, same old? That's the psychological slavery, and we have to free ourselves from that. Yeah. And it, it's deeply embedded, yeah. and it's going to take a lot of work, but it's things like this that are going to, um, I think, undo that. I see, I'm really happy about what I see happening with the youth. Yeah. And I'm really um, optimistic that they're going to do the work to turn this around. And Definitely. And we won't be stuck in these places mm. moving forward. We need to keep at it. I think, you know, just because we won't live to see it. Well, I, you know, I say I'm going to die at 100 <laughs> and I've, my, my life cycle stops. Mm -hmm. I'm going to permanently be a spirit guide mm -hmm. and just bless people because <laughs> I've come here to, you know, to do all the work I have not done in the years that I've, I've been before. Right. And that's why my name is Dineo, means the one of many gifts. Mm -hmm. That the many gifts I've been gifted with is to ensure that I live a full life and I serve my life fully. Mm -hmm. So when I transition into the spirit world, I don't need to possess anybody's body to right. complete my work. Right. And I can just look down and be like, yeah, you want what? Let's bless you. No, not yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes. Well, this has been an absolutely wonderful, wonderful talk. Um, before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people how they can get in touch with you, yeah. your Instagram, your Twitter, um, YouTube. All, all, just give us all your yes. information so people can connect you if they would like to do that. So, uh, firstly, I would like to say because, you know, I'm one of the famous Sangomas. So there's a lot of fake accounts that are going around, right. especially on Facebook mm -hmm. and some on Instagram. So one thing, my language has never been, if you listen to this podcast, you'll hear that I do not solicit anyone right. because I always believe people bring the right kinds of people when your spirit wants to. So I'll never also consult you on Instagram via DM or anything like that. Um, and I won't ask you money via social media. Mm -hmm. So there's a process in which we follow. So you go to our website, which is gokodinawanzanzi.com. Um, Can you spell that out? Um, Goko, maybe let me start with my social media handles. All of them are Goko Dineo. So on Instagram is G-O-G-O-D-I-N-E-O. Okay. And then my Twitter, the same. And then Facebook page is Goko uh, Dineo Ntlanzi Institute of Spiritual Healing, which is G-O-G-O-D-I-N-E-O-N-D-L-A-N-Z-I. Institute of Spiritual Healing. That's the page. Okay. And the website is www.gogodineondlanzi.com. So, gogodineondlanzi.com. And I always say to people, you know, when you want to see if this is a fake or a real account, you look at the following. Mm -hmm. So because I'm well known, so my following is quite huge. Okay. And on Instagram, I'm quite active. So I do engage people and I give them my WhatsApp line. Should I give the WhatsApp line? Sure, yes. Did I give you the WhatsApp line for the booking? I don't. I did. I did. Yes, yes, yes. So um, uh, the WhatsApp line is 27 2089 0027 okay. So that's the WhatsApp line people use for, for bookings or inquiries. And like I said, mostly on, on Instagram, people that's how people can verify if it's me or not because mm -hmm. how I speak and you know, listen to my teaching so you'll know that I'll never tell you that if you don't do this, you're gonna die. Because remember, we are co creators, so you're not held at hostage. If you're gonna die, it is your time. It's not because you're not listening or you're doing anything like that. So I don't work with threats or solicit or force people to do anything. People need to be really careful because they're people who are making money with using, you know, my name and it's said. But I always say to people, if you know me, you know my language. I'll never prom I don't even promote myself and my work. I don't say, come see Coco Dineo. No, I just believe that the spirit will lead you to where your spirit Absolutely. wants to be healed That's you know right. and spirit led us here today yeah We're back here so. <laughs> yes and even the first time yes and spirit is going to lead you back here again yes, it, indeed it hey. yes. yes. so the babe agrees yes <laughs> <laughs> it's connection that's right yeah so well thank you all for joining us for this this wonderful podcast um as always we, we want you to remember to connect with us on twitter at tapping spirit T-A-P-P-I-N-G spirit or check the website at higherassistance.com and you can also email us at Dr. Anthony Smith at alashe A-L-A-S-E dot net You're talking about spirit
So in closing, we'd like to encourage you to embrace the concept of change and learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform, continue to thrive, and find your own personal path to tapping into spirit. I was obviously too blind and probably too weak to see who was responsible for my losing streak.